Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Michael Chu. Michael enjoys learning about different perspectives and challenging assumptions through questions. He has had a diverse career in finance and operations, software and technology, and regulatory economics, including time training as a locomotive engineer and a product owner. His diverse experience allows him to look at complex ideas through multiple lenses and pinpoint the simplest core values. He is currently unlearning and relearning how to build intuitive web applications and effective architecture solutions as a full-stack developer. Michael is also volunteering with CPA Alberta to help accountants better adapt to the latest in software and technology. Now let's get right to Michael's interview with Paige Lennox. Take it away, Michael. Welcome back to Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas. I'm your host, Michael Chu, and today I have here with me is Paige Lennox. Thank you, Paige, for taking the time from your busy schedule to talk to us today. Thanks for having me. So give us a little bit of background of your kind of professional background. Also, what is your company, Canadian Health Advocates, about? Sure, that sounds great. Thanks. So yeah, I've been a nurse for a really long time, 26 years in the hospitals. And uh, just over the years, saw, saw lots of people falling through the cracks of the healthcare system. And but was always a little bit confined to be able to do advocacy work. Um, and then I became a caregiver for my mom. And so I was on the other side of the system as a caregiver. And I knew what questions to ask and who to ask them to. And we were still struggling with getting the right information and the right resources. And I just started thinking, what do people do that don't have anyone to be able to advocate for them or don't have a healthcare worker in their family? Mm-hmm. And so just over coffee with some entrepreneur friends of mine, we <laughs> I decided to start this business. It's a new niche in Canada. It's really um, common, popular in the States. There's a huge association down there. Uh, we're also kind of alongside of starting this business where I'm co-founding an association in Canada as well with a physician in Ontario and a woman in Alberta. So um, just to bring some credibility to this niche and sort of build it up as a profession. So that's kind of how it started. Um, yeah, that's where the, that was sort of the the intro to it. And then since then, it's just grown. It's kind of organically grown on its own. Mm-hmm. We, um, we now have a network of, of experienced health professionals that are working as advocates under our umbrella across Canada. We're in three provinces now, BC, Alberta, and Ontario. And we're just onboarding someone in the Maritimes, so that's exciting. We do, a, we do face-to-face with clients. We also offer a lot of virtual work. Even pre-COVID, we were doing probably 70% of our work is done virtually. So I, I'm in Nelson. I can be in an uh, oncologist appointment in Ontario through a speakerphone and be just as effective helping, helping the families. So um, that part is really exciting. And obviously now during this pandemic, we're able to help in a different way where it's it's all virtual. Everything's virtual, but we can also support the doctors in their virtual work as well. So 
we kind of we're kind of a the link between the families and the, their healthcare providers, and so we're kind of we kind of go between. We go to lots of doctors' appointments. We do we follow up on on referrals and tests that have been done. Um, we don't give hands-on care. We don't give advice, but we we act as consultants to help people navigate the healthcare system and advocate for them when they can't. So. That's really awesome. That sounds like a really great idea. And I can see my grandma has been in the hospital for a while. And I can definitely know that would be beneficial for us to navigate some of that. Because some of the paperwork or the questions we to ask was pretty crazy. I didn't know about it until I started talking to um, some of my friends in the medical care field. So I can definitely see a big demand for something like this. So what is typically your clientele that uses your service? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So... Personally, I have clients that that range from age 35 to 91, um, but that's quite a wide range. Probably our biggest demographic would be um, the sandwich generation, so people that have children at home and also have aging parents, and children with aging parents at a distance, so they just can't be there. So it's often the families that, that hire us to help their loved ones is kind of a common. And then also just people that are have a complex health issue and are having problems navigating the healthcare system or getting the diagnosis they need or getting proper uh, follow through with their healthcare providers. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe your business model? How does it work? And how, basically, as a business, how do you make money? Right. So we, um, so all of our advocates work as contractors. We sell packages of time to the clients. So they, and then, and then the advocates would bill us for their billable time. And so the business itself then keeps a small percentage of that just to, for mentorship, for, you know, the website, uh, having their bios on the website and use of all of our collateral. Um, so that's how the business makes money. We also do retainer fees. And so that's another way, another source of revenue that the business has. Uh, we do lots of teaching engagements, speaking engagements. We help people with uh, end of life planning and their paperwork. We help with CPP disability paperwork. So those are all kind of billed at different levels. We're currently working on talking with a lot of bigger companies and organizations and their wellness programs. So we're trying to find ways that we can fit into their wellness programs or their insurance companies so that people can get coverage for our services. So that's kind of happening as well, which would be great because then more people could access our services. That sounds awesome. That sounds like you have a, there's a lot of room to pivot into a bigger market. I, I think one of the questions for me is that living in Alberta, we basically have one health service Alberta Health Services doing all of the um, healthcare for us, but it's very bit different in BC. So maybe it, I'm kind of also curious what it's like south of the border. So maybe can you talk a little bit about how has your business model or your thinking changed because of the difference between the Canadian and U.S. healthcare systems? Yeah, well, and you're right. It is different from province to province, but the basics are the same. Kind of in a basic way, our our healthcare system is free, but it's very basic, right? So. I mean, it's definitely been one of the challenges of, of educating people why they need our services because everyone has a mindset that they don't need to pay for any services, which is a general kind of private health issue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in the States, everything is privatized, so it's just kind of a no-brainer for them. They just It's really, really common. A lot of people bring advocates with them to their doctor's appointments or if they're going in for surgery 
or whatever their situation is. And so they, it, that's why it's so much more common down there. Um, so yeah, we've definitely had to shift. <clears throat> I mean, that's been a challenge and shifting the language we use, um, the way we educate people. We're not selling anything. It's just, we're trying to educate them on how we can help them. Oh, that's good. Sounds like it's going to be a very different um, kind of model from what you're seeing in the U.S. Because um, from an insurance perspective, I know, do you know if, is this something that's covered by a lot of the insurance policies? Like, because I know employers offer the health benefits. Is that something that's typically covered? It's not because it's a new niche. And so that's, that's what I have a woman in Alberta and that's all she does. She's my corporate liaison and she does all only benefits. She's got a long benefit background. Mm-hmm. And so she's a pro we're starting to approach. We just had a meeting with BC hydro last week. Um, so the hydro company, so we're approaching companies and, and then talking to their insurance companies to see what they already have established. And then, cause a lot of the wording is quite broad. So trying to find ways that we can, maybe even change our wording to fit into what they already have that's existing to be one of the services that they offered. So we're, we're working diligently on that right now, but it's a process too. So, but because it's a new niche, no, it's not currently covered. However, I think that we can fit into, you know, insurance policies that are already existing. So I was just reading a, um, kind of some of the blogs posted that you have on your, um, website there. And one of the things you guys were talking about was some web applications you guys were looking at. So from a technology standpoint, is there anything that your company is looking at in terms of helping it, making it easier for you to scale this or from a telehealth um, area? Because it's a very big business. It absolutely is. And we, for several months, we thought about creating a web, an, an app. And um, we talked to some investors and then it was sort of decided because it's so new we, that we would, um, we would start with a web base, like beef up our website. So it's com- currently being completely rebuilt to have higher functionality and a lot of the functionality that we would have had on an app. We're going to start with that and then probably move into the a- application world just to kind of, but we need to collect some data first. So we're using our website to do that. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the more people we can reach, the better, because we're, that's the reason why I'm doing this is to help people and as many as possible. So the business is definitely growing and scaling and finding the right, um, the right tech piece to make that happen or to facilitate that is, is definitely, yeah, it's on our front burner for sure. No, that sounds like what we're um, looking at in terms of some of the fields, even in the U.S. So actually, I was looking at um, Fast Company recently had an article um, titling, Telehealth's future is bright. Here's what it will look like in 2025. Um, and one of the comparisons that was really striking for me was actually they're comparing telehealth in North America right now to what Amazon looks like when they were just selling books. So where do you think, do you think that's a fair comparison right now? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I think tell and and now with this pandemic it's going to even be um more so because I think pe- a lot of people are realizing that a lot mm-hmm. can be accomplished virtually. So, in the perfect world, where do you envision telehealth would look like in Canada? Oh, that's a really good question. That's e- that's hard to even conceptualize <laughs> because it's who knows, who knows what's going to happen next. 
Yeah, I think it would be great. You know, if someone's in the hospital and feeling alone and frustrated and not understanding what's happening to them or their or their family members are confused, I would love, you know, for them to be go up, be able to go on their phone and reach out to somebody and have have somebody through their through an app to be able to guide them and support them and help them navigate things. Um, that's just one example. And people in the community as well, I think. I know Intellis has Babylon and they try and connect with physicians. You know, some of what we can offer can support physician work and, and support them in what they do because they are busy and they're tapped out and they're stressed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So what for each of the provinces right now in terms of telehealth, I know I recently kind of learned something about the iScheduler in Alberta. What is your assessment in terms of the technology landscape in the telehealth space right now in the provinces? I'm not familiar with all the provinces, to be honest. And and right now, things are changing so much mm-hmm. with this pandemic. So I can't really comment or speak to that because I'm not, it wouldn't be accurate. <laughs> I don't know all the details of, the, of each province and what they're using, what platforms they're using. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's... Good, mm-hmm. thanks. Now, I looking at your blog, I know you recently took on one of the, obviously your background is in um, healthcare. And mm-hmm. I know that based on your website, you went join a, a, the Venture Acceleration Program. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. There, so it's the Kootenai Association for Science and Technology. And they have a um, venture acceleration program. So I, they're wonderful. <laughs> they're an amazing organization. And they, they support startups and small businesses in the tech field. And so, yeah, there's a whole team of them that support me. So they have um, entrepreneurs in residence. And so it's basically a, be- a business coach or a mentor who has lots of business and entrepreneurial experience. So I meet with my, my mentor once a week and, and they're great. And just, we kind of just talk about all kinds of things. And then quarterly we do, um, we do some reviews with them. So we pitch, we present a pitch deck of, of kind of the last quarter of our business and we, and all of the, all of the business mentors, they are there as well too. They're virtually and they give their feedback and give their ideas. And, and our pitch deck includes everything from financial to our goals, to our target markets, to our, like every, the whole aspect of it. So yeah, they're a really great organization. So the, the government funds part of that is how that works. You apply and then, um, they fund part of that. No, oh, it sounds interesting. It sounds like it's something from uh, Innovate BC and mm-hmm. good to see that um, other programs um, outside of the Alberta province also doing some of that work. Um, so I guess from my pers- your perspective, what is the biggest learning you have done through that program? Through CAST or through yes. the Venture Excel? Oh, there's been so many. <laughs> it's, it's been really supportive during, um, obviously working in a healthcare field during a pandemic is a challenge. And so I've, I've learned a ton about pivoting and um, how to, you know, how to kind of not get stuck in the fear and the panic and, oh, no, what's going to happen? And just really look ahead and projecting and, you know, try to position yourself in the best way for when things start to reemerge and, and our, our, our society kind of returns to normal or what will be the normal so I've learned a lot about that. I've learned about a lot about the whole tech world that was foreign to me when I started this whole venture. <laughs> and just being an, an entrepreneur, I have a, an amazing board of advisors around me, including my CAS, my Venture Acceleration Program 
uh, mentor and um, they've been amazing because I'm a nurse turned entrepreneur based on a passion that I had. So the learning curve has been huge, but it's been really exciting and a lot of fun and really exciting to see it grow and have investors that are interested and bigger businesses wanting to partner. It's just all been really exciting and they've been amazing support to me. I just all of them. No, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. So maybe you want to describe what drives you as an entrepreneur? What got you started? Uh, Well, I I spoke to that a little bit, Um, basically seeing a need and wanting to do something to help that help help um, fulfill that need and that gap that is in our healthcare system. And so, and then couldn't, you know, there wasn't anything already existing here. So starting my own and it's, it is, it is based on passion because I really, really believe in what we're doing. Excellent. So um, can you tell us a bit, you have one advice because we're all about um, giving advice and kind of giving it for paying it forward in uh, with a ring for us here. So what would one advice you give to someone who are coming into the tech world and the startup world from a healthcare background? Oh, so, well, there's being a new entrepreneur is a big one. And I have lots of advice. One, one big one is kind of know your limits, know, know what you know and know what you don't know and be brave enough to ask lots of questions. Um, no one's going to think that you are dumb or you just don't, you know, that you should know because we all, we all have our areas of expertise and we only know what we know. So that would probably be my biggest, um, you know, be humble enough to ask questions and, and surround yourself with people that do know and surround yourself with a really good team that you trust, um, to support you in decision-making and moving forward. And I think you bring up a really good point about um, have surrounding yourself with really good people. So for your team, what do you typically look for? Oh, well, I'm trying to create a culture. So this isn't, you know, a big money grab or anything like that. I'm really trying to create a culture that supports uh, Canadian patients and their families. And so obviously somebody that has similar values to that is really important, um, but doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily have to agree with everything that I do, but, but someone, people that, um, have similar values to that. I think that's probably, I look at my board of advisors and all of my advocates and even my accountant and my lawyers and the doctors that have been involved. And, you know, um, I think they're, yeah, everybody shares a similar value. So I think whatever your, you know, your value proposition is, in, and your mission statement in your business, whatever that business is, I think having people that align with that is really important. No, that sounds great. And I guess mm-hmm. from your team right now, so how do you work with your team remotely? Because it sounds like you have a team spanning the entire Canada provinces. Mm-hmm. What's your tip to people working in the remote area? Or uh, Stay connected. So we once a week, all of us get on Zoom. And we just support one another. We talk about, you know, client situations or if someone's had a hard week. (laughs) So just really um, stay connected with other people because it is, I'm used to working in a hospital where you're surrounded by people all the time. And now I work remotely and it's, it's very different from that perspective. So just stay connected using the technology tools that you, that we do have. And thankfully we have so many great ones that make that fairly easy. That would be, you know, my biggest thing. And also, you know, just setting some routine for yourself when you're working remotely. I think that's really important, Uh, especially if you're used to working in a setting that has set breaks. (laughs) So, 
Yeah, no, that's definitely difficult. And I've been working in remotely for the last year or so. And those advice is really great. Setting your own routines. Um, mm-hmm. I had took me a while to actually get myself setting a routine every day when you're working away because no one's really watching you at that point. I know. So- and it's easy to just get complacent with that. So, I mean, now I, you know, I get up and I kind of get like as if I was going to work mm-hmm. and then I, but I work in a separate area of my house than I do anything else. So I just kind of create a workspace and that's been really important as well. So you know, those are some great advice that you um, have there. I, so I guess going back to the business for Canadian health advocates, what is the what was some of the asks you would have for maybe the Ring Force um, po- um, podcast listeners? What yeah. Was you, what can we help you with? Uh, well, I guess you know the one of our biggest things right now is because a lot of people don't know that this service exists. Um, you explain it to people, and they they most people say, "Oh, that's great! I had no idea <laughs> something like that was even out there." So I guess raising awareness is one of our big goals right now. Just, you know, and the more people we can let know that this does exist, the better, because then there's more access to this type of help. So I, yeah, I think just, you know, being on your podcast, I appreciate your, all your listeners um, and word of mouth, just passing the word, share our website. Those would be probably my biggest asks right now. All right. So before we wrap up, I just have a, what would be one thing that you can tell us about yourself that people would be surprised to know about you? Oh, I'm a banjo player. (laughs) (laughs) I play the banjo. That would be surprised. (laughs) How did you get into that? I just, you know, I, I've only, I've been playing for about 10 years. I always kind of liked the sound of it. It was a happy sound. It always made me smile. And so I finally just, I went to a pawn shop. I bought a, an old banjo and I went and took some lessons and I've been playing ever since. I've played in a few bands and done some recordings and it's great fun. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of, um, and I live on the side of a mountain. So I, I very active with skiing and hiking and biking. So I'm kind of a, yeah, I'm a nurse turned entrepreneur, banjo player, mountain girl. <laughs> that is very cool. That sounds amazing. So thank you again for your time. So if people want to learn more about um, Canadian Health Advocates, where they can find more information and the work you're doing? Uh, well, we have our website, um, CanadianHealthAdvocatesInc.ca. Once again, thank you, Paige. Thank you for your spending time with us today. And uh, it's really informative to learn about some of the constraints and the hurdles Canadians are facing with our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And you can come in a more timely time basically so mm-hmm. thank you thank you for interviewing with us and once again thank you it was nice chatting with you today yeah thank you so much for having me i appreciate it if you haven't already visit rainforestab.ca and sign the rainforest social contract become part of the inclusive silo busting sector agnostic all industry open sourced ego shrinking ecosystem building entrepreneur focused wide open social barrier smashing community known as rainforest alberta this episode is brought to you by community now magazine engage inspire educate together the audio for this episode was professionally edited by kate day with kd sound design Music for the show was created by Tony Del Deegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. 
If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>